This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. If you visit Detroit, if you are from Detroit, or if you live in Detroit, you never knew all this culture was alive and thriving here. This is the Detroit is Different Festival. October 24th through October 27th, join us at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com. Different.com and get your tickets today. Listening to Community, where we talk about unique pathways and one common goal. And this is Audra. And you guys know exactly what I'm going to say next. I am over the moon excited to have this particular person with me uh, today. So, sir, young man, if you'd be so kind as to introduce yourself. Hi. <laughs> this is what we doing, Deacon. Yes, we are. You know, you clicked up the sidewalk with your little church shoes on, and you know you're gonna give me a hard time. <laughs> ah, Truman Hudson Jr. That's who I am. Okay, all right, Truman Hudson. So, if you could recollect, how did we meet? We just tried to talk about it, and we have different recollection. But I thought it was at Space Lab a couple of years ago. We while we met at Space Lab, I met you online uh, through the work you were doing with Detread, and um, fell in love with your work. So it was awesome to meet you personally over at Space Lab. Okay. And from that moment that we met at Space Lab, we've been kind of like riding this wave. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, um, you know, prior to meeting you in person, I was a fan of your work as well. Oh, yes. Special. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to slide on into the next question. So, Truman, what does community mean to you? That's a deep question um, because I believe. Uh, it's forever evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, community is family. Uh, community is church. Community is school. Mm-hmm. Um, community is people coming together around a common mission. And missions change. And uh, there goes community. It changes as well. All right. So you're connected to quite a few. So, mm. I mean, you were you were in a group of, of black men who were mm. awarded for the work that you do, what was that BME? BME, correct. Okay. Could you expound on what BME is? Uh, BME was a, a life life dream. Mm-hmm. I can recall um, back in 96, I wanted to apply for a doc program, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do research around black male engagement, and, and I applied for a PhD program in sociology at Wayne State, mm-hmm. and I was denied. No way. Yeah, they told me no. That's Idiots. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're lost, right? Right. Uh, fast forward, while I was working on my doc at the University of Michigan, uh, Be Me started to evolve. And there was this national movement uh, that started by a, guy, a brother by the name of Travian Shorters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the framework for Be Me 
was actually uh, presenting a narrative that black males were doing positive things. Mm. So, um, started in Detroit, Baltimore, and Philadelphia, and then it expanded to um, Akron, Ohio, Miami, and now it's in uh, Kentucky. Really? Yes. So, a national movement that Mm -hmm. got his his, uh, footing here in Detroit. That's all standing. Lifting up the stories around black men that were doing work uh, in education, Mm -hmm. health and human services, uh, prison reform. Mm -hmm. Um, His brothers, they were just doing it, doing their thing. Doing the work. Uh, Yep. And doing it without asking for anything. Right, right. Because it was just naturally who they were. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you guys, you guys went to, did you go to the White House? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we went to the White House, but I think going to the White House during the Obama administration, while it may appear to be the pinnacle of the work, to Mm -hmm. me, I think what was the most exciting part was the fact that I had 180 black men like me from around the country that we can all lean in on each other, Mm -hmm. build community with each other, Mm -hmm. share stories around how we build community Mm -hmm. and uh, support each other from around the country. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen photographs and it's, it's powerful. Yes. It's powerful. So, you know, other ways in which you're engaged in community, you know, around education, you've um, given like decades of your life toward, you know, making sure that our, our youth, Yes. Are you know engaged and and um, receive a robust educational experience? You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, I love that smile. <laughs> Y'all need to see this smile. She said, "You want to talk about that a little bit?" Yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, where the studio is located, ironically, is in the footprint where I got my start in education. Mm. Um, when I came out of undergrad, I had worked at uh, Dictaphone Corporation. And while at Dictaphone, I'm like, this is not what I really want to do. So I called one of my mentors who was over at the Michigan Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. And uh, her name is Brenda Peak. Mm -hmm. And I told Brenda I didn't like what I was doing. And I wanted to work in the nonprofit sector. She said, go check out Focus Hope. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that food company. (laughs) (laughs) I said, all they got is cheese. (laughs) Man, I got over to Focus Hope and it was a $92.5 million company. Yeah. And at the time... Uh, they were just starting their Center for Advanced Technologies, mm-hmm. and they were creating a new partnership with Glazer Elementary, which is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the community liaison for Glazer Elementary. Mm-hmm. So the track that you see over there mm-hmm. and that whole landscaping around the, uh, the school playground, mm-hmm. I helped raise money for that program, but also uh, developed an after-school program called Math Pentathlon, which is similar to academic games, mm-hmm. where we work with young people year-round to prepare them to go and compete on a state level. And our kids at Glazer, who had limited experience in exposure in math, Went to the state tournament. Fifteen kids from Detroit. What? And place gold, silver, and bronze. Yes, our children are they are just yeah. amazing. From this neighborhood. From this neighborhood. Forty two three eight. Outstanding. Yes. So Outstanding. that was my start. Okay. Okay. And we actually got a little bit ahead of ourselves because I really want to ask you, Truman Hudson. Junior. Junior. How old were you when you fell in love with Detroit? I fell in love with Detroit the day I was born. Yeah, yeah. I knew at the age of three that I wanted to be in Detroit. Mm -hmm. I I remember going to the Utley Branch Library on Alger and Woodward. Mm 
mm-hmm. and opening up my first library books and smelling my first library cards yeah. and just falling in love with the North End and mm-hmm. falling in love with the city was just a part of who I was mm-hmm. and still a part of who I am. Right. So, you know, you, you were at the, the library you know, that you go on a regular basis, like weekly or whatever, with your little library card and your little Easter shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking your little books up to the library. <laughs> no answer? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, I went on a regular basis because it was different. right down the street from my house. We stayed on Alger, mm-hmm. and the library was on the corner of Alger and Woodward, and we were literally a half a block away from the library, and... um my mom was raising three children. We were all 18 months apart, and she instilled in us the power of education. Mm-hmm. But she also lifted up the power of Detroit mm-hmm. because she graduated from Northern High School, and mm-hmm. she was a part of that uh, student movement that occurred in 66 right. when they actually walked out because they were not receiving education. Mm-hmm. So that, that same framework of social unrest mm-hmm. and uh, challenging the system, mm-hmm. she passed on to me. Okay. Okay, and you t- you you have it yet you a little conservative or you you know you turn on the radical when you need to. To me, uh, my radical is very conservative, <laughs> so you don't have to see it coming. Okay, okay, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, um, North End. How old you you stayed in the North End for? How long were you there? Um, all the way until I was eighteen. Okay. Yep, and then I uh, went to school in Florida, went mm-hmm. to Florida Memorial College, and when I came back, my parents had moved to the east side, mm-hmm. uh, and I only stayed on the east side for about a year, and then I moved back to Midtown, or the Cass Corridor area. Cass Corridor. <laughs> <laughs> so, in high school, what? You went to some high school. What high school did you happen to attend? Uh, I went to the University of Murray Wright High. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so share with the audience some some other things. I mean, you fell in love with the city. Your parents um, instilled in you this, you know, you know, love in Detroit. You know, what are some of the memories that you have growing up? You know that that stuck with you. Mm. So I remember at twelve, uh, working with then Wayne County Commissioner Jackie Curry mm. on her reelection campaign. So, in working with Jackie, kind of like helped further ground that voice around getting engaged in uh, reshaping community. And it's it's funny because when I got home and I went to Wayne State, I ran into Jackie. So, she moved from, uh, after she got elected, you know, the county commission is a part-time job. Mm -hmm. So, while she was part-time with the county commission, she was also part-time working at Wayne State in the College of Lifelong Learning, Mm -hmm. which is a program geared towards bringing in students who would be non-traditionally accepted or admitted into the university. So, I had a chance to meet her there, and uh, I saw this sister, you're like wearing multiple hats. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to be like her when I grow up. Okay. Wear those hats, build community, be involved in advocacy, Mm -hmm. policy, Mm -hmm. and uh, helping to reform some things. Okay. Okay, so Truman Hudson Jr., we're going to stick a pin in that, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back and continue our conversation, okay? Okay. You have a brilliant mind. Projects, businesses, events, ideas that will make a positive impact on your specific audience, all while organically growing your brand. Knowing the importance of investing in your brand and being willing to do whatever it takes is empowering. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. 
BW Creative Solutions is a boutique consulting company that specializes in customized marketing and branding. We offer creative marketing and branding with collaborative resources to bring your vision to life. Give us a call at 313-444-9385 and schedule your free 15-minute consultation. When your project shines, we smile. Okay, we are back and you are listening to Community where we talk about unique pathways and one common goal. And I have my friend Truman Hudson Jr. with me today and um, we are talking about um, just remembering what it was like growing up in the city of Detroit and um, if you can just kind of continue with that, mm-hmm. that, that line of, of thinking. So were you affirmed growing up in a black city? Did you feel like that gave you an extra layer of confidence or, you know, you were just affirmed from your household and then it just kind of grew from there? I think it's twofold. I believe it's both the household and the city, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize it until after Detroit started to change. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the young people that are in this new Detroit, mm-hmm. they don't have the same advantages that we had uh, when we were going through that 70s, mm-hmm. 80s experience uh, under the Coleman Young administration, yeah. um, nationally um, dealing with the national recession of the 70s, and mm-hmm. dealing with Reaganomics and the alleged war on drugs. Right. Crack uh, cocaine. Right. Crack cocaine. Yeah. yeah, all of these things. And even, you know, with the HIV AIDS epidemic, mm-hmm. um, we were reaffirmed in a lot of ways because we had leaders mm-hmm. locally and on the state level and even with John Conyers yeah. uh, being um, out in D.C. We had people that we could look up to. Mm-hmm. I remember um, Congressman Crockett. He had a youth caucus. And uh, I remember my sister participating in a youth caucus. So I got to see this black man who was a congressman Mm -hmm. in our district Mm -hmm. that actually touched the lives of the young people in the district. Yeah. Got to see, you know, um, Ken Cockrell Sr. Yeah. And got to see those vanguards making change. And, you know, you got just strong black leadership so mm-hmm. you saw it so it was natural so it's right. not you didn't know it until later on in life that mm-hmm. everybody didn't have the same experience right depending on where they grew up mm-hmm. 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 so we're gonna move to our next segment and i call this segment what up dumb and during this segment truman if you could just tell the audience what you're working on if you'd like to share some things um you know you got you wearing some different hats so whatever you like to share cool i think uh one of the one of the activities that i'm engaged in is working with wayne state university's uh teacher ed division and uh creating a campaign to recruit more underrepresented individuals into the field of education mm-hmm. uh when i look back at my experience in pk-12 uh the only time I came in contact with a black male was for discipline mm-hmm. because he was he was either the principal or he was a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't many black males in the space of education. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess building on that whole be me of philosophy, mm-hmm. I've been blessed to be now at Wayne State trying to create a pathway for uh, not just black males, but other people whose voices aren't traditionally in the field to come into the field. Mm-hmm. So we have a campaign called We Are Here to let the world know that, uh, hey, Wayne State was here since 1838, creating new educators in partnerships with local school districts, more specifically 
uh, with Detroit public schools. So. Yeah, and that is powerful. So, you know, um, I've seen the, the, the campaign and then, you know, we talked um, previously about the history of Wayne State, you know, knowing that Wayne State has been here for 138 years. So the College of Ed has been here for 138 years, but Wayne State, the university, has been here for 151 years. Oh, my goodness. So, and that that should be common knowledge. If this, right. you know, um, the the university is located in the city of Detroit. I mean, you know, we should kind of know, you know, that Wayne State has been around that long. Yeah, I um, think I, I attribute that to um, the university's um, focus has mm-hmm. not been on uh, marketing and branding mm-hmm. its greatest asset, which is the fact that it's still here. Yeah, uh, when we look at the University of Michigan, which started out on Woodward and Warren, and then they moved from Woodward and Warren from the Rackham Center out to uh, Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. they left. They left. And when they left, they took their intellectual capital with them. But Wayne mm-hmm. State is here, has never left, right. and still here. Right. And that's an awesome, outstanding uh, branding opportunity that the university has. And I hope you continue to build upon that. I also see that. Um, the other that campaign around um, bringing attention to uh, the school of education. Mm. What 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 was the campaign? If you 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 had levels in which people could be engaged. Uh, with the We Are Here campaign. Yes, the We Are Here. Yeah. yeah so uh, the way in which which we're engaging people, uh, we're showcasing uh, the stories of the alum, the faculty, the students, um, and. Um, the staff mm-hmm. to show that these people have been just as committed to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some staff that have been at Wayne in the College of Ed Teacher Ed Division for the past forty years. Oh my goodness! Depositing in the lives of young educators that are out there mm-hmm. making a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think, over sixty-seven thousand alum that have come from that teacher ed program that are currently in the field working in some form or fashion. That needs Whether to be yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. And then we have faculty that are doing phenomenal things with research, mm-hmm. uh, National Science Foundation Award winners, mm-hmm. um, distinguished lecturers. Mm-hmm. But these are the stories that we're not telling. Mm-hmm. It kind of plays into um, Detroit's misbranding yeah. because Detroit has not branded itself until as a recent because Detroiters have lived on the, the, the past. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the past was not necessarily always good. It was right. either the auto or the... The Motown experience, but Detroit is more than that. Exactly. Detroit has so much more going on. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I appreciate that and you um, helping to educate uh, the community about the 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 wealth and breadth of uh, resources and, and knowledge and wisdom within the alumni and uh, current students and faculty at Wayne State. So I appreciate that. No problem. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take another break, sir. We're going to stick a pin in it, and when we come back, we're going to talk about spirituality, okay? Okay. All righty. Strategic Beautification. Strategic Beautification is a comprehensive consulting, design, and implementation service that begins with the basics. The basics are litter debris removal along commercial corridors. Services are then customized to accommodate the needs of the client. Our corporate culture is to leave people, places, and things better than we found them. We 
stand on old-fashioned values to lead us into a future that enriches our youth, the region, and the environment. That's Izzy Wisdom. Get involved today by calling 866-97-IZZY. That's 866-97-I-Z-Z-I-E. Or visit our website at www.izzyllc.com. Okay, we're back and we are community where we talk about unique pathways and one common goal. And I'm here with my friend Truman Hudson Jr. And Truman, I wanted to talk about um, spirituality. So when I have male guests on black men, uh, I'm very intentional to allow black men the space, the safe space to talk about how um, they express their spirituality and what that spiritual walk looks like at this point in their lives. Well, uh, my spirituality is grounded in the church first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having grown up in the church, it's evolved. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my spirituality is grounded in the uh, Christian framework of love mm-hmm. um, and um, loving thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. So a part of community building is loving thy neighbor. So mm-hmm. I actualize it. Mm-hmm. on a regular basis in all that I do. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember growing up in the church, we had this affirmation, in God I live, move, and have my being. So with that framing, that's how I operate every day. Mm-hmm. Every day is about making sure that I'm centered on what I'm supposed to be and being in my purpose, but also helping other people tap into their purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I love me, I have to give that love and give that energy to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so... And plus you called me a deacon, but we ain't going to go... And we, that, that's what, that was coming next. <laughs> that was coming next because, you know, audience, you know, he'll come into these meetings. he have his little, you know, dress coat on, you know, over the blazer and, the, you know, the starch shirt, knotted up tie, and, you know, the hard bottoms. So looks like Deacon on his way to lock up the church or unlock the church, you know, for some kind of... (laughs) 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 And so that whole, I mean, did you get that energy from osmosis just being in the church, a little choir boy? Is that where that came from? While you're talking, I wasn't just a choir boy. I was an altar boy. Uh Quit playing. (laughs) (laughs) I maintained the altar. Oh, my goodness. Well, you still got that aura around you, Deacon. But it comes from the way I was raised. I Mm -hmm. I was raised in a household where we had limited resources, but all we had were a couple of outfits, and we had to be crisp and clean all the time. Yeah. So that's just a part of my persona that I can't run away from, even if I want to. No, you can't. And it's, I mean, it's appreciated, you know, because there's there's some folks out here, you know, throwing a T-shirt and some jeans, and that's every occasion. And so um, it's nice to see, you know, a well-dressed, groomed gentleman out here, you know, taking care of our community and making sure that we, um, you know, our young people are educated. And, and so I appreciate it. Thank you. But, and, and that's the other part of it. It's intentional in a lot of ways, not only because that's the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. I remember the only time I saw black males in suits were at the church mm-hmm. or when they were going out to, to cabarets on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see black men in the professional setting until after I got to Wayne State and I met my mentor, 
uh, Reverend Doctor uh, Reverend Doctor Licardo uh, Reverend Doctor Percy Licardo Moore. Mm-hmm. And when I met him in June of 1988, he had on a three piece suit. It mm-hmm. was black. Mm-hmm. He had on a cravat tie, mm-hmm. white Chris shirt. He had on those French cuffs. Yeah. He had those cap toe shoes. And, yeah. But his room, his 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 office was decorated with all of this black art that mm-hmm. reaffirmed who he was. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be like him one day. So I went on and I became a doctor. And he mm-hmm. encouraged me to become a doctor. And mm-hmm. with this doctorate of education, I try and show these young people that they too can be like me. Right. Reverend Dr. Uh, Percy Licardo Moore, Dr. Uh, uh, Jerome Reed, who was uh, on my thesis committee, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Theodric Morton. Uh, who was my sociology professor, mm-hmm. and then there was uh, Dr. Yango Burry, who was my economic development professor. All of these black men were men who stood out, not only because of their intellect, mm-hmm. but their presence. And when right. they walked in the room, you knew they commanded the space because they looked apart. Right. But not only did they look apart, the they lived apart. Right, right. And that makes all the difference, and I just love it. You know, I tease you about it, but it's it's beautiful. Um, you know, my my dad growing up, um, you know, that's he didn't wear jeans. Did he? You know, he said he was forced to wear jeans when he was forced to pick cotton. Mm. Um, he he was not able to go to school beyond sixth grade because he picked cotton well, right? Mm. When he came to Detroit and well actually even when he we was introduced to my mom by my grandfather, my grandfather said, This man, okay, hard working. Knows how to dress, he's gonna take care of you, mm. right? And so, my dad, eighty-six years old. I don't know if you saw that photo of me and him on the porch yeah. in the New York Times. I mean, so um, it, it's it's a special place in my heart for you know men who take the time, um, you know, to put it together because it 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 command it commands respect. It Thank does, you. yeah. Um, so Truman, um. You have, you know, several things going on and you're, you're tapped into some, you know, things. And at this part of the show, uh, which is a homage to uh, Martha Jean the Queen, um, she had the show Inspiration Time. And so I like to ask my guests, what is it that inspires you to get up every day and do the good work? Hmm. What is it? Knowing that I haven't completed the task the other day. Mm. Knowing that there's more work to be done. So mm-hmm. as long as there more, there's more work to be done in education, mm-hmm. economic development, mm-hmm. community development, mm-hmm. I have to get up and go, go at it. Because okay. the situation hasn't resolved itself. Okay. When we think about what's occurred this past weekend yeah. with the uh, um, terrorist attack in America, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to know that... Um, my son and other 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 black males mm-hmm. and their sons mm-hmm. are not protected. Right. To know that black women aren't protected. Mm-hmm. And to know that Americans in general aren't protected because we have individuals that have hatred in their hearts. So much hate that they can't even see the love that other people are trying to give right. to, try, to try and make this American experience a unified front. Mm-hmm. Uh, that keeps me going. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's funny. And all of my years of being actively engaged, that's, this is the first time 
that I've started to actualize my voice around those issues mm-hmm. because I've pretty much been focusing on community. But it's mm-hmm. like we had this narrative that we have to change on the national level. Right. That um, we have some messed up people and they're not mentally ill. Right. They're These terrorists. Are, yeah, terrorists. And they have hate in their hearts. Yes. Yes. They have hate about somebody they don't know. Right. Right. And that hate totally negates the humanity in others. Right. right. You, you, don't, you don't have to love me. Right, but you have to love the humanity in me. That's that's the requirement. Right. And so, yeah. L. Brooks Patterson, and that's a good example as mm. well. You know, mm. it's one thing to say how much of a financial impact he's had on Oakland County, mm-hmm. but he had hate in his heart for hate. his fellow man in Detroit. Hate. So that how he, can we lift him up when, right. on the other side of the fence, he didn't care? Right. If those people had water. Right, right. And and he did not try to mask uh the hatred. And right. he perpetuated the hatred. And um and so yeah. And so it's time for uh the the United States uh, to take a look at itself. The United States, Detroit. Detroit. Michigan. Yeah. Because yeah. uh there are too many people in a position of power that are given a pass when they do these things. Mm-hmm. And we have to hold them accountable right. to being uh, the leaders of the people. Mm-hmm. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union. What right. does a perfect union look like? It's mm-hmm. not about, it says union. It doesn't say unison. Right. <laughs> it says union. Right, right. So union, we have to have everybody together. Right. And so we have, it's our responsibility to hold that mirror up to these leaders. Um, and, and, you know, some of it is ugly. They have to take a look at themselves. It's not pretty. Uh, but, you know, we are in an in a, a awful state in, in, in our history as a nation. And then we have to hold the mirror up to our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a uh, friend that uh, we went to middle school together, and he's a captain with the Detroit Police Department. Mm-hmm. And we had this little thread that we have been, we've been com- communicating uh, with uh, for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. To know that we in our city are killing each other at alarming rates. We need Mm -hmm. to hold our people accountable in Detroit and around the country because this violence against each other Mm -hmm. has to stop. It has to stop. Because what we're doing is we're reaffirming that narrative that the terrorists are saying exists. Right. Right. So we're showing the terrorists, these, these domestic terrorists, that we don't know how to actually operate like citizens Mm -hmm. while it's a fraction a small fraction of our society that's the narrative that continues to play out in the media yeah 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 so you you're inspired every day because there's more work to be done that's it okay get up and do it okay so what else are you working on you know you're building (laughs) You're building um, the School of Education, and you're helping that with mm-hmm. uh, Wayne State. But what are some of the other things that you're working on? <laughs> cool. Well, uh, this um, I'm doing a couple of things. Uh, one, um, we're doing some research around LGBTQ studies mm-hmm. and trying to inform the community around uh, the ways in which we can empower young people who identify as LGBTQ+. Plus and being able to help facilitate better educational experiences for them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a space that's really near and dear to my heart, uh, I'll be working with the School of Medicine at Wayne State mm. around uh, cancer research for black males mm. uh, because we have too many black males who are coming, who are contracting cancer and uh, they don't have a space to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have enough research on what their experiences are like. So mm-hmm. 
uh, for the next two years, I'll be working with uh, the School of Medicine on a grant uh, funded by the uh, National Institute of Health mm-hmm. to uh, capture those stories and to find ways in which we can uh, better service men of color mm-hmm. who are dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. So if there's a, a person in the audience, a male, a black male, who is experiencing um, the diagnosis of cancer, is, is it an opportunity for them to contact um, the school of Wayne State to kind of tell their story, or is it not open to that kind of well, interaction? They, they can reach out to me personally. They can uh, email me at thudsonjr at wayne.edu. That's T-H-U-D-S-O-N-J-R at W-A-Y-N-E dot E-D-U. Okay, excellent. And then um, as it relates to the LGBTQ community, mm. uh, the youth, um, is there a way for uh, audience members who may be listening, um, parents, maybe the uh, the person themselves, if they want to reach out, um, is it a way in which to be engaged in that um, movement? Sure, they can reach out to me at that same email address, T. Hudson Jr. at Wayne.edu. I'm, I'm blessed to have my hands in a lot of situations right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be able to... Uh, tap into what some people would call ADD. <laughs> <laughs> I call it, you know, and, and and it's funny they label it ADD when it, it when it's associated with a person of color. Mm-hmm. But when there's a person that's not of color, they're a Renaissance person. Right. They're yeah. very ambitious. Right. Right. They're very forward thinking. Right. So uh, it's cool to be in a space where I'm doing a lot of work in different spaces. Yeah, and you know we're fortunate to have you. Um, you know, you, you, you share your brilliance and um, you impact the lives of so many people. And I'm, I'm grateful for you um, to call you a friend. I'm thankful that you came on the show and gave me a little bit of your time. Thank you. Seeing as though you are engaged in so many different activities. So I appreciate you being here. Um, I think we... Did we cover everything, Dr. Dr. Truman Hudson? I don't know, did we? Did we? Come on, Sister Alder, did we? <laughs> We're not going to get into a Cass Tech versus Murray Wright debate, are we? No, okay. I don't think we want to do that. I, I, I was harassed on the bus, though, by Murray Wright students when I would come home by myself. When I was by myself, mm. I would get harassed. But, we, you know, that's, that's the past. That's you know, 30 <laughs> years ago, so we won't bring that How up. How many? <laughs> it was a few years ago. Uh, she oh, finally told the truth. Oh my goodness! Wow! Mm. Wow! Is this the way I'm being treated on my show? Yeah, wow! If the audience can see you move that Rubik's cube around right now. They only knew. <laughs> well, sir, um, I appreciate you again. Um, agape love to you. And uh, I appreciate your friendship and you coming on and taking some time with me. Thank you. Much love to you, my sister. Thank you. Okay, audience, you have been listening to Community, where we talk about unique pathways and one common goal. And until next time, peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. 
Join us October 24th through October 27th at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival. The collage of sound, sight, taste, feel, and scent of Detroit from all walks of life. Join Piper Carter, Frida Sampson, Unicorns Are Real, Josh Adams, The New Kids, Group Text, Jennifer Crawford, Care Michigan, Audra Carson, My Natural Hair, Cornbread and Caviar, Kari Frazier, Sterling Tolls, Bodie James, and more artists. The Detroit is Different Festival provides you the rare opportunity to witness, experience, and familiarize yourself with the diverse subcultures that make Detroit different. Experience this all for 50 bucks. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today.